Hello and welcome to season two of Man Down, the anti-Man Up movement. My name is Jamie Clements and I'm going to be speaking to more incredible individuals from all backgrounds, all walks of life about their own journeys through mental health and what we can actually do better to look after ourselves. The goal of Man Down is to show that vulnerability is rooted in courage, rooted in strength and not in weakness and we're here to open up these conversations to reduce the stigma around talking about mental health and showing everyone that it is okay to talk about this stuff. This is Man Down. The episode is going to kick off in a second guys, we're just going to take a quick minute to hear from our sponsors and our partners. I am incredibly proud to say that Man Down is brought to you in partnership with Better, a charity raising awareness around mental health and suicide prevention through a range of exciting events and initiatives. Please head over to www.better.org.uk, that's B-E-D-E-R, or find them on Instagram at better underscore UK. When was the last time your phone buzzed with a not very necessary notification? When was the last time you picked your phone up just to check a message and somehow ended up on an Instagram scrollathon? Look, you might not realize it, but you're probably addicted to your phone. And now with all of our meetings moving online, we're stuck in front of a screen all day. We're trapped in this endless vortex of Zoom calls, TikTok videos, and apps like Slack that require us to be always available, always on. And it's making it really difficult to switch off. Now this is where Unplugged comes in. The guys at Unplugged have created a space for busy city workers like you to take some true time offline with a three-day digital detox at their beautiful off-grid cabins just one hour from London. So if you're someone that's always on and the idea of actually locking your phone away for three days either terrifies you or feels like something you need right now, then you're probably in need of some true time offline with Unplugged. So if this sounds like something for you, head to www.unplugged.rest and use the code MANDOWN when you book and you get a beautiful food hamper for your stay. So all you need to do is turn up and switch off. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Man Down. Thank you again for, for joining us. Um, I just wanted to start and this is, is this going to be the, the first time that I've done this, but I know that uh, a number of podcasts out there like to, to build in feedback on past episodes and um, read out some of the comments, both good and bad. Um, and you know, I, I've had some amazing messages in the past and, and very, very grateful for everyone who, who does get in touch. And if you are thinking about getting in touch, please, please do. I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and any feedback on the episodes. But I just wanted to share um, a, a bit of self-ego stroking, really, because it's just I've just had the most amazing message that um, got me a bit emotional, to be completely honest, because um, when I started this back in May, um, I didn't really know what it was going to be. And I thought it might be, you know, my mum and my dog listening. Um, so to get a message like this is, is pretty special. So um, there's a lady called Rebecca and she messaged me saying, I'm a teacher at a school in West London. And I just thought I'd let you know that I use your podcast in my mentoring with some of the older boys. What you're doing is great. And the kids genuinely take a lot from them. I tried so many ways to get through to them, but there's only so much I can do for 16, 17 year old boys, but they love the podcast and they've been so helpful to both them and me, which I mean, it's just, thank you, Rebecca, because that is, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible to get that kind of, of feedback so yeah we'll start there but back to today and today's episode I am delighted to be joined by Matt Halstead Matt is one of the founders of Sidekick which we're going to hear all about but above and beyond all of that he lives in London with his wife and daughter he runs a small consultancy called Noctis offering commercial advisory services to charities and startups and investigation work focusing on the impact of oil extraction in the Niger Delta where he used to work He's also, if that wasn't enough, the trustee of two charities, Catch-22 and the Anti-Racist Social Club, and is, as I mentioned, the co-creator of Sidekick, a non-profit empowering people to support their own mental health, which obviously here at Man Down, we are very much behind that, that um, agenda as well. Um, Matt, thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. 
It's, uh, and, and it's amazing to hear that feedback from the beginning. I mean, you are, oh yeah, mate, well, what you're doing is amazing. Really Thank is. you. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it in, in more depth around some of the work you guys are doing with Sidekick, but uh, I guess it's quite easy to, to forget and, and maybe lose sight of why you started something sometimes. And to get that kind of feedback is, yeah. I'm still processing it as I'm sure people can probably hear a little bit. The message came in literally about half an hour ago. I've just about managed to compose myself. Um, and I've, now I've, I've lost my, lost my, 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 my train of thought again. So um, I guess the, the best place to start, actually, that's where I was going to go. Sorry, everyone, bear with me. Um, He's so, very emotional today. Yeah, I'm, I cannot, cannot <laughs> get a handle on myself. Rebecca's broken me. Um, I want to start. So I recently went on the Psychic podcast, Psychic Stories, and I just thought it'd be worth uh, worth giving that a little plug if people are um, looking for more podcasts like Man Down, and also maybe want to hear me speak some more. I'm not sure exactly why, but we'll, who uh, doesn't want to hear Jamie Clement <laughs> speak? And yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, thank you for plugging it. Psychic Stories. What we're trying to do is encourage positive um, um, conversations about mental health. Um, in a, you know, it's often a little different to podcasts. We try and um, speak to people who, frankly, no one has ever heard of. Basically, it's, 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 it's you and I, people who we appreciate that, you know, I think there's a lot of people talking, especially, you know, in the celebrity world about mental health. And that is brilliant. And, you know, raising awareness is important. But it also, it's important to recognize that, you know, everyone experiences and, and suffers from mental ill health at some point in their lives. And what we do, and we've had, we've had uh, now we've recorded 16 episodes covering um, anxiety, depression, self-harm, suicide, um, eating disorders, um, psychosis, um, addiction. Um, there's a whole range of inter- fascinating, uh, very um, emotional, very moving stories. Um, you know, also yourself as well, you know, um, um, Jamie talking about, um, your tools using your tools of breath work but also looking at anxiety and also as a, as a consequence of of, of 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 your your parents relationship breakdown mm. you know what i mean like and and likewise with me and you know a lot of where i started probably came from my parents breaking up as well yeah. um, during a very impressionable time in my life but um yeah it's um you know it's uh it's, it's been really interesting having these kind of conversations and i'm really really pleased to be to be able to actually uh, talk rather than uh, just listen. It's um, lovely, isn't it? As my wife says, you don't shut up. It's, like, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's quite um, strange, but nice to be on the other side of the, the microphone for sure. Um, and so people, people heard just then in the intro um, about the, the many strings to your, to your bow. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about, I suppose, I'd love to focus in on Sidekick for the, for yeah. the purpose of this, like just because of, you know, I've seen what you guys are building. It's absolutely fantastic. And the, the, the message and the, the way in which you're going about it as well. But what is Sidekick to, for, to the layman who, who hasn't come across you guys? And if they haven't, why the hell not go and find Sidekick right now? Yeah. Well, please do. I mean, Sidekick started and perhaps it's easy to, to start where it all started. Like, the person who created Psychic with me um, is a guy called James. Um, James uh, and I are good friends from university, um, and we off, we've often had a relationship where we talk about our mental health, which, which you know, back at the time, you know, people weren't necessarily talking a huge amount about mental health. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we, uh, we met up for breakfast uh, in town, and um, James is really struggling, really struggling with a severe anxiety uh, uh, issue, um, something which he was seeking professional help for, but also um, 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 taking medication for as well. James, by his nature, very similar to me, we both started off as, as chartered accountants in the city. Um, as soon as we uh, qualified, days later we quit, um, and we've gone on our, on our, on our separate paths. Um, James has fo- focused a lot on digital technologies. He became a, um, a, um, a programmer building apps um and he actually built an app and lived off it for four four years and then sold it and now he's working um helping big corporates launch digital propositions um he's got very mixed skill set and as part of his anxiety he was like you know you know i like apps i can build them and i appreciate dig- the the power of digital technology and what he was finding was that all these apps which claimed the mental health apps which claimed to say to help in a certain way. Um, some, some helped, 
some didn't. There were aspects of some that did, there were some that didn't. And then running in parallel, my experience, like since school, like I said, like had, you know, was a, I was a difficult, like I, 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 I struggled behind the curtain at school. I, I wasn't um, on the surface, wasn't struggling, but behind I could certainly feel that there was some, some, some stuff going on and that led to, and you can hear about it on, on, on our psychic storage podcast, um, which for, for which I did an episode, it led to a very unhealthy relationship with food, um, exercise, so leading to a lot of um, these very long runs, um, a lot of powerlifting, a lot of uh, uh, supplementation, um, sometimes a little grayer supplementation as well. Uh, basically, trying everything as well, but 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 essentially, folk, you know, uh, underpinned by some pretty negative kind of motivations. And what I realised when I realised actually. I wanted to feel better. Um, I wanted to feel less volatile and frankly, less, less sad. Um, and at the time I was a Samaritans volunteer. And if there's something that I always go back to is that a, a Samaritans uh, supervisor said to me, he goes, a, a volunteer is just a caller on a good day. And I was very much in that category. I was calling because I wanted to help, but also I wanted to understand why at many situations and many times in the day, my brain would say, kill yourself and standing on the tube going to work when the tube's going to come and some little voice saying jump I mean I was like it doesn't sound right to me mm. that little voice doesn't sound right so my experience going back to my relationship with James was is was very similar that actually what I found helped was a combination of exercises there was a combination of things that really helped me um that might have been you know something simple like a walk in a park or a um, or, or calling a friend but then it could be more intensive going to speak to someone professionally it might be some taste of medication um and I think that's where Sidekick was really born it's like actually is there a way that we can using digital technology be able to aggregate and design fun and engaging credible exercises that will help people and give people a choice so that for example if you download you know a meditation app and it doesn't work for you you don't feel bad about it and because often if you download it and it's kind of like oh i need to do this app it's going to make me feel better Actually, if it doesn't, then how do you feel? Well, excuse my French, but you feel shit. Mm. And you're like, well, where do I turn now? This is a confusion. You know, if anyone's ever Googled, I feel sad in into, you know, into Google. You know, it's rather overwhelming and confusing itself. So what we wanted to do was design an app which would, would basically help us help ourselves. Because that's really what it was for. Like we were, we were finding that there were structural issues within the mental health system, like long waiting times, confusion about what you know um, about who to who to go and talk to. And actually, if we could bridge that gap and not replace the end service, but just say, okay, hold on, do you know what? Whilst you're going through that process, or in between your your psychiatrist or psychotherapy appointments, we've got this. And we've got it with you. And that's what the whole idea about psychic is. And that's where the name come from. You know, it's about that support. It's about that mental health safety net. Um, so what, what we did was we, uh, we, developed, we developed an app. Um, and the app um, enables you to um, um, explore a broad range of credible um, um, well-being exercises. We, do, we work with partners um, to ensure that they are credible. You know, and there's you know, stuff that you've all heard of, you know, meditation, um, uh, breathing exercises, breath work, and I know you're, 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 you're a massive advocate for that. Um, CBT, journaling, um, gratitude, um, some very, very simple things which we wanted to basically use our skills, a mixed skill set, to give people and make it accessible so we make it free. And there's two real key principles of psyche is that it's free and it's private because there's a lot of digital solutions out there which are not private. You've got to give a sign up. And frankly, my mental health data is my mental health data. Mm -hmm. No one else's. And I, you know, I would never want that to be abused. Um, not saying that companies don't abuse it, but 
companies sometimes do abuse it. <laughs> so we built Psychic so that it is accessible, it's free, it's effectively, you know, in some respects like the NHS, um, free at the point of entry. Um, and it's been designed in a way where we cannot see your user mental health data at all. We can see how you use the app. We can see maybe what, you know, what your journey's been through, but that's to improve the actual user experience of it. But we will never be able to see the outputs of the exercises of your app because that's your information. And then once you've explored that, those exercises, you can find out what works for you. And you might pick two or three, save it to your toolkit, add it to your wellbeing workout to build those habits. Um, and then on a daily basis, you'll get reminders to be able to, to say, okay, have you done your wellbeing workout today? You know, we have this idea around always going to the gym to make ourselves feel better. And that's great, brilliant, go to the gym. But also at the same time, there's some other stuff you can do which can really help up here. Um, so we intended to build the app and launch it. In, and it's interesting you're saying from your, your feedback from Rebecca, we are launching it at, in, in schools because the whole point of this psychic was about early intervention. It was about providing something to our younger selves and doing it on a nonprofit basis. So psychic's a nonprofit, just about to register as a charity. Um, and then COVID struck and our testing community, we had 50 testers testing the app and those people reached out to me. I was like, well, Matt, pretty certain we're in the middle of a very start of a mental health crisis. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind having the full version of your app. So we, you know, James and I got together and say, okay, right. You know, we've got work, you know, um, um, to do in terms of actual like paid work. Cause obviously like, you know, you go through a crisis, you actually need to pay your bills. And in the evenings and weekends, we push as hard as we could. And, uh, and, uh, and, and um, we, we, we pushed the, we launched the app yeah, out in April. And uh, we've had, we've had, we've had a, you know, an incredible response so far. Um, at the same time, there was the furlough schemes going on. Um, and we realized that people were effectively at loose ends. Um, so we recruited in 21 volunteers. Um, now we're down to 10 active volunteers who work on Psychic day in, day out. And the principle around our Psychic as a community is that we do three things. We create tools and organize information, which is the app itself. So we, we, we enable a very calm, safe gateway into the very confusing world of mental health. And then we encourage conversations, open and honest conversations about mental health, which is where the podcast comes from. Um, and ultimately, we are, we are trying to support and empower people to help, the, in, he, help them help themselves. And I think that's a really crucial part is that you can get the support from lots of, you know, from lots of places. But at the, at the end of the day, it's down to you to actually make that responsibility. You know, it's, it's a responsibility yourself. If you want to get better, you've got to take action and do it. So we try and support that and facilitate it. Yeah, I think it's it's brilliant. I mean, I've I've been following your progress pretty much. I think since since it launched back in in April, and it's been great to see um, and obviously get to get to know yourself as well and just see how it's growing and how it's changing. And I think a couple of bits you mentioned there, just around, um, I suppose the if you're looking at downloading something, like you've decided, okay. I'm going to take some action. I'm going to do something, no matter how small. I'm going to download Headspace, for example. Mm -hmm. other, other meditation apps are available. And, um, but as you said, if that doesn't work for you and you're actually not in a particularly good place with your mental health at that time, it just feels like another failure. And Headspace aren't saying, okay, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try this? It's right. If meditation doesn't work, then... Whew, uh, we're out of ideas sorry um yeah. so yeah i think that f f as a as a first point is is brilliant and and the fact that it, it is a, a not profit and it is um accessible and private is so important because um that's one thing you know being in this space myself it's a very fine line between you know, wanting to help people and also being able to make money from that. And where does that intersection come and yeah. where do you draw the line? And as well with data as well, it's such a tricky maze to, to navigate. And then as well as that, I think um, the benefit of what you guys have built in having those, and we'll go on to talk about toolkits as we've sort of spoken about on both your podcast and a little bit so far already around sort of our own toolkits, but to be able to offer someone a variety of options in a, a ready-made toolkit is so important because 
we talk about the typical pieces of advice like exercise, like meditation, like getting out in nature, like going and seeing your friends, like reading, whatever it might be. And those things on their own are unlikely to be the difference maker for someone who's struggling with their mental health. And I've spoken to a few people about this, this idea of like this mental health spectrum or this continuum of mental health where it's not like black and white have or have not. It's a constantly shifting, constantly moving spectrum that you will be at one point on, but you can move yourself either way. And the way in which you move yourself up that spectrum and improve your mental health is by compounding good habits and exercising and meditating and reading and it all coming together and making lots of very small positive increments to then turn things around and I think yeah that from from my point of view just at the very start are like two huge huge benefits of what you guys have built so I think it's I think it's brilliant oh thank you very much and and I think I think you raise a really good point and and I was having a conversation earlier with a um um, with a, 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 a former al- alcoholic, 21 years sober. And the big thing that comes out of AA is this motto or this statement of one day at a time. And I think our experiences over years is that, yes, you can build that toolkit, you can build those habits, but the reality is, is that anything can knock you off track. And the tools that you might need at the age of 18 are very different the tools that you need when you're 25 due to different situations 30 different situations 40 different situations 80 very different situations and i think we've got to recognize that 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 if we're going to build something that's useful we've got to recognize that it's got to be continuous so that's our aim it is to say okay we want to start by supporting people through adolescence Mm. bullying their first relationships uh, their first breakups, um, parental parental relationship divorce, which happens all the time, and then forms the basis of how you you know how you how you move going forward. But the tools you need there are very different to when you get married. Mm. Very different, and you know James and I talk from experience about having children. It is, I mean, it's quite an incredibly positive and difficult experience at the same time sure. the tools that i needed are not what i needed when i was 18. Um, it's funny i spoke to my grandmother and around she's my, my my grandfather passed away last year i mean that's you know they've been married i can't remember exactly around 50 years mm. the bereavement the feelings the emotional the emotional trauma around that and the fact that a lot of her friends are starting to to pass away as well okay who's going to support her and that's why we believe actually in this idea of this mental health safety net that can that can theoretically catch everyone yes there are there are systems and charities organizations that can do that but as a first step when you just need that little bit of support then that's what that's what that's what we we hope psychic can provide yeah and i think as well um it's it's learning what works for you as an individual there's no one size fits all here right and also Absolutely. there's something so empowering in helping yourself. And I, th- I don't think we can underestimate the fact that if you find something that works for you and you found it yourself and it's something that you are actively doing, that as a win for someone who is struggling with their mental health is yeah. huge because you suddenly feel, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, with all of those mental health issues, you feel very passive. You feel very much at the will of the issue and like you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. So if you can start to see yourself taking back control and this, yeah. again, I'll, I'll plug breathwork until people are sick of it, but <laughs> breathwork is so powerful is because you are actively doing something and you are achieving an outcome based on what you as an individual are doing. And that yeah. for me, and I hope for other people is so unbelievably powerful. Um, and also there was uh, another point that I wanted to raise just around um, what you're saying about this being an ongoing thing. Like this isn't something that stops at any point. And that I think some people could sound daunting, but a, it's the truth. This is not, this isn't it's a brutal honesty. Yeah. And, and I, I experienced that firsthand in thinking that six months into therapy and, and medication, I was feeling great and I'd cured everything in inverted commas. And then I had a 
massive relapse and scared the shit out of me because I was like, I've done all of this good work. What's happened. Mm. And that was a reality check. And just thinking like, this is, this is ongoing, but it doesn't need to be scary. You just mm. have to be aware of the fact that it is something that you need to manage. And you can also get to a point where you enjoy managing it. Like you do yeah. learn what works for you and you can start to adapt that and try new things and like almost mix and match from this toolbox that you build up to get yourself to that, that place where it's not a scary thing anymore. So and yeah. I, I think it's that, I think like, you know, personifying it as well really helps. So, um, you know, chatting to a few people recently who named their anxiety. And I, I thought, what a, what a bloody good idea. Mm. I think they named their anxiety Kyle. And I was like, and when, when the anxiety rears its head, it's like, Kyle, shut up. Yeah. And actually, there's something comic in it as well. And, you know, it's, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was listening to a podcast recently, a, a philosophy podcast called Philosophize This, which, which I thoroughly enjoy, mm. recommend. Have no association with it, but <laughs> it's incredible. And there's one on comedy. And actually, the power of humour is incredibly you know it's 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 incredibly powerful um what comedy is when you get into the philosoph the 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 philosophy of it is actually incredibly complicated and, and powerful but things like making yourself laugh or not that you're not taking it seriously but you're saying to yourself i've got this I don't need to listen to this i'm going to try and and in this situation try and make make light of it Mm. Um, I know for granted there are some days where people cannot, um, 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 cannot, you know, you know, don't find it humorous in, in, in any way, shape or form, but like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting you're saying about the, you know, your different toolkit, like having more and more conversation than trying to build the app, like to see what works for people. It's funny. It's like, while, whilst we want to give people a broad choice of exercise, it's amazing how for different, um, mental, you know, mental health disorders or, or, or just mental well-being issues, people feeling just down in the day. It's amazing how the same tools come up over and over and over on a repetitive way. And, and I think like, you know, and to, you know, and to summarize those tools, like if you haven't got a, a, a daily practice of where you're taking a moment for yourself, and working on this, then now's the time to start. And it doesn't take very long. And God, you don't even have to get into your gym kit. You can if you want. It's a bit weird. But look, frankly, you just, you know, you have to sit on a chair. And, mm. and, you know, and all of us are locked down at the moment. So, you know, there is space and time to do it. The three things that always come up is some level of mindfulness or meditation, whatever that is. Yeah. Spirituality. Prayer is in that as well. Mm. Um, then there's self-reflection on your day. So beginning of the day, set the day up with some form of mindful, mindful practice, uh, yoga, whatever it is. End of the day, self-reflection. Um, and then um, part of that self-reflection, anytime during the day, some form of gratitude. Yeah. And if you actively do that, I mean, meditation, I mean, the shortest meditations, you can do in a couple of minutes. You can do it in, you know, you can do it in under a minute. You know, five, 10 minutes in the morning, then write down what you're grateful for. Should take you a few minutes. And then reflect on your day. Well, you don't need to write everything down. You can just think about it. And so what we say is that if you spend at least 15 minutes of your day working on your mental health, maybe those things, maybe some other things, then over time, you, we have found that you will feel better. And it's not you. It's we have felt better. Like Psychic was built by people who struggle for people who struggle. Like this isn't like some, we're not some doctors who've never had, you know, you know, you know, who haven't experienced what, what we've been through, like, and that may be to our downfall, but mm. we know what we've experienced and what we want to do is put something together where, not where we say, this is what's going to work. It's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to aggregate all of the credible stuff that's out there, put it in a form where we think it's fun and engaging. It's actually easy to use in a, in, in a digital format on your phone. We're going to give you access to it for, for, for free. It's available to you 24 seven and you've got a lot of interesting things to kind of gain insight into your own, into your own self. And I think that's, that's, what's really interesting. But I think doing that 15 minutes a day, whatever it is, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting around um, naming the thing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I was listening to how to fail with Elizabeth day mm -hmm. the other day. Yeah. She was uh, interviewing, uh, Moga Dot, who was uh, ex-Google, like very, very senior at Google and um, sadly lost his son 
mm-hmm. um, I believe to cancer. And um, he doesn't even, he doesn't even name his anxiety. He, he names his brain Becky yeah. and he basically, because it externalizes it, I think it's a very nice way of actually nailing the fact that you are not your thoughts. You are not your anxiety. Like these are external things. Turn yeah. it into another person, turn it into Becky, turn it into Kyle, turn it into Karen, whoever you can really actually help yourself with something as small. And I put inverted commas around that because I think it's a big thing to be able to do and, and a real change if you can get into that habit um, just to, to nail some of that stuff. But yeah, completely agree with you in terms of um, just making that time for yourself. I was, I was chatting to someone yesterday about how we're just so, we're so good and we're so programmed to do constantly we are just moving and doing and recording podcasts without thinking and there's no time where you're actually just sat you know you wake up you pick up your phone you check your emails and you're already stimulated you're already on and it's already other stuff it's not your own thoughts it's not your own self it's outside it's external so yeah just making that time like can't emphasize that enough um but i would love to if you if you're happy to which i mm-hmm. i know you are um so <laughs> um i'd love to just to chat a little bit more about your own mental health journey and your own mental health experiences and and you've given a, a couple of sprinklings of sort of how sidekick came to be and and also at the top of the show about your your parents divorce and things mm-hmm. like that but where where did your i suppose mental health journey begin and and where did your understanding of your own mental health begin as well because i often feel like they're they can be two different points yeah and and they were like yeah i i suppose i suppose the yeah i suppose the 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 crux of it would have been my my parents divorce um at the time i was 10 um so you're going to you know you're you're pre-puberty um it's a very changeable time in your life you're just changing school from primary to secondary school and I mean, I, yeah, I mean, back then I didn't, I didn't know how to process it. You know, I just kind of got on with it. Like that's kind of what I've always done. Um, I think what I realized, I think what I realized when I start, when I got to school, so when I was 13, 14, is that one, if anyone ever mentioned it, I'd get incredibly upset about it. Probably because I hadn't processed it, hadn't really talked about it. But then I don't know. I think it's a very school is a is a is a tricky it's a tricky time. Um, I'm small, five foot six, and proud. But back then, actually, playground can be a little tougher for the little ones. But I, you know, I learned my way of how I was going to, you know, to 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 be validated, validate myself, but also be included. Um, and some of that was due to kind of you know basically trying to perform at the best I possibly could. So I was always at the, I was always in the, in the, in the, in the, in the top class, but I was never at the top of the top class. I was always at the bottom of the top class. So I was always in that position where I was push, 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 push. I'd always be on the fringe of being in the first team, whatever sport it was. My, my focus was, was, was rugby. And I would, whatever anyone said to me would, you know, say, if you, you do this and you get better you will get better. I did it. So for example, you know, 13, 14 years old rugby coach says, Matt, you do press ups and sit ups every night. You're going to make the first team. So I went, okay. Took literally. So since the age of 13, well, 13, frankly, through to, you know, through to like 18 at the time, I would get home from school and just do press ups. I mean, there was nothing else. It was get home, do press ups. And if you think what time you get home from school, I got home a bit later, about six or seven, having already done two runs and uh, gone to the gym and do press ups, do sit ups. Um, it was the way that I was, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was, um, I was validating myself and, you know, thinking that's what I needed to do to be able to, um, um, to do well. And that also then moved into eating as well. It's kind of like, oh, if you start eating this way, you cut out this, whatever you you eat more of this. You're starting. You, you're you're going to be better. And I read that as not just better. I'm going to be liked. I'm going to be loved. You know, and that may be where it comes from. Maybe maybe at the at the at the genesis of my parents' divorce. It's kind of like okay, well maybe there was a subconscious thing that says when they split up, they don't love me. I mean, that's I know that's bollocks yeah. now, <laughs> but that doesn't change the wiring, frankly. Yeah. 
And yeah, I just, you know, just want to be liked. And I would do things to the extreme. Um, I'm probably wired anyway, born in a, in, in a way where I am very intense and I can, you know, I will do things um, often without limits. Mm -hmm. um, and that moved on and on and on. And, you know, you take that forward five years when I was just starting work in my early 20s, you know, I was things like, okay, don't feel that good today. I'm going to go on a run. Mm, okay, I wonder how far you can run today. And you think, okay, cool. So, you know, uh, one day I'll run an hour. Next day I'll run two hours. Then I'll be like, oh, I didn't feel too tired after two hours. Let's, let's see how long I can run for. Okay, that was five hours. Okay, well, not too tired. Shall I run any longer? Um, and I got back from a, from a holiday. Well, actually, I got back from, have you ever been to Fabric? Drum and Bass Night in London. I've actually never been. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, got back from Fabric, six in the morning, um, and booked myself into an ultramarathon. Um, because that's obviously what I wanted to do. Just danced all night anyway. And I'd never run anything more than like 10, 10 12 miles. Um, but the mindset kicks in. I was able to regulate my food, control everything, control, control, control. And um, ended up over a period of a couple of years running several ultramarathons, mainly double marathons, sometimes a little bit longer, in all a variety of conditions, some 35 degrees, some minus five through the night with a head torch. Um, puking at the end, getting the car, driving home, realizing that you get very, very stiff en route, having just run for 14 hours. But all of that was driven by negative things. And I only started, and the, the, the issue I had was that doing all these things, so I was also doing a lot of powerlifting at the time as well, doing all these things, like all your mates are like, that's awesome. And all I was hearing was, great, do more, do more. You know, I think what I was hearing was do more and I like you more, mm. you know, do that and you'll get the girl. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. Let's run for another 15 hours without sleep. Like what's, you know, why not? And I think I got to that point where I was like, okay, something isn't quite right. And I was on the tube on the way to work and suddenly just felt, yeah, I just felt my kind of head just shift. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't the first time that I had, you know, had thoughts, um, of, of, of you know suicidal thoughts um, you know a lot of it was channeling more into kind of like you know I suppose physical pain hurting yourself um, self-harm comes in a, in, in a variety of different ways you, you know frankly you don't need to cut yourself to self-harm um, that is obviously you know that, 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 that's a very extreme part of it mm. but putting yourself through pain torture whatever it is like there is an you know there's an element there of the, that that felt good and that enabled me to kind of carry on and it reached a point and at that time I was a as a Samaritans volunteer you know as well so I'd recognize that these thoughts weren't that um weren't that you know they weren't that useful um so I wanted and I, one thing I did know is that I could tell the difference that those thoughts weren't me wanting to actively end my life but I wanted to stop whatever I could, or I wanted, I wanted to stop whatever I needed to, but I didn't know how and how that my mind would cope with that was like, just end it, just end it, just end it. And I think like going back to what you were saying earlier, like about the continuity is that the reality is that I've, you know, I, I thought every day about suicide since I was 14, like I'm now 35. Those thoughts don't go away. Mm. I, you know, you know, I can now recognize that, they're just thoughts or voices. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't name it, but I have a lot of like visualizations where if that thought comes up, I give it a slap. Yeah. And I literally visualize a thought coming up and I just give it a whack, you know, but still day in, day out. And you know, I was speaking to my, my wife recently and, you know, she was, I suppose she was more shocked to hear. She was like, you know, that I do think about it daily visualize, visualizing, thinking the thoughts and, you know, I'm very careful not to, not to talk about it especially in front of my daughter as well but the reality is is that these things don't necessarily go away but that's okay um but i think recognizing that you want to want you need help mm -hmm. or you want to do something about it i think back in that kind of early mid-20s like i just you know i just qualified as a child accountant um finished in finishing the city up until that point, I was like, right, let's just, let's just finish, you know? So I, I quit work the next day and joined a rock band, 
and turns out living a being a punk drummer for a rock band is not the healthiest lifestyle <laughs> turns out i can imagine music to my ears but it, it put me on a path where i felt more in control so and what i've gone you know what i've ended up doing over the last 10 years is just experiment relentlessly and underpinning all that is two things i don't want to end things mm-hmm. that was my promise to myself as i i promise i'm not going to end things so that's a great place to start once you've made a promise to yourself that i'm not going to do that okay what's next okay i've decided that i want to be here okay what do i go on and do and my 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 view into my you know you know you know say 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 to everyone is is during your 20s you experiment relentlessly with everything in moderation Mm. which i wasn't very good at but try everything that goes for professionally try different roles don't think about the career because god you've got about 40 or 50 years to make that decision especially once you've settled up never settle down always settle up with your with your wife and your and and yeah and your your partner in a situation but then you just get to that you know you get to a point where you know what you like and what you don't it's the same thing with sidekick find out what you like Mm. find out what you don't and guess what just do the things you like and if you like something but you're not particularly good at and there were several things i mean turns out i'm pretty deluded turns out i'm not the best rugby player that's ever walked the face of this planet <laughs> turns out i'm not the best ultramarathon runner turns out i'm a pretty average drummer but i know my limits i know that i've tried my absolute best got to the the pinnacle of what matt can achieve which frankly is pretty low but great I, I figure that out and I think I've gone down that path and go, okay, I don't really want to do that. I want to move on to something else. And what I've found now is that I've constructed a life which on paper has a, a lot of things going on. But for me, there's a very core theme running through that. And that is one of empowerment. So when I was working the Niger Delta, working for a right space empowerment organization, I was helping them. They were insolvent. I was helping them turn them around financially. So there's a there's a there's a there's an element the same as psychic empowerment um the stuff i'm doing so one of a trustee of let's say um, um the couple of charities um the anti-racist social club also catch 22 one's very small one's very large they're still doing the same things it's around supporting people to become confident and capable and that's what i have found what i thrive at um, having conversations like this. And I always say to myself, so if you can finish the day, you might not have earned a penny, but if you have an inter- interesting conversation with an interesting person, then that's a pretty good benchmark for the day. So be realistic about your day. Don't set your expectations too high. Once you've got those expectations set at a level where you think, you know, every day can theoretically be an okay day, then that's how I want to live. Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliantly put. And it actually um, really resonates with me from again, listening to that how to fail podcast with Moga dot, he's, he's written a book about happiness and, you know, in this horrible, tragic situation of losing his son, um, he had to figure out as an engineer, as a very, um, analytical thinker, how could he be happy? And he actually drew up this, um, equation <laughs> of, of what happiness is. And it was, and I don't want to butcher it. I really don't, but I might. Um, and it's to do with the balance between your uh, perception of your experiences and your expectation of your experiences. And like with what you said there, if you're setting your expectations very, very high and your experience and your perception of what's actually happening doesn't meet that, then you won't be fulfilled. You won't yeah. be happy. And I think it is if we're going to try and simplify happiness, which, you know, it's not exactly the most simple of things, but it can be, um, that for me made so much sense. Just thinking about the fact that, okay, as you rightly said, like if I can have an interesting conversation with someone with an interesting person, or I can do X, that is better than a day of nothing happening. And so that is a win. And I think, yeah, I think it's so, so interesting when, when you start to look at things like that, it's all based on your own expectations of yourself. 
and I think that word is 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 interesting in that um, Mergadot, an engineer, applies a scientific mindset because that's what works mm. for the way that they perceive the world. I, my, I do a part-time PhD in quantum chemistry. Like the way I understand, the way my mind thinks is often relates to the what I learn in terms of quantum physics. It's around probabilities. You know, I take my work in 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 quantum chemistry and I apply it to to finance. Mm. It, things are about probabilities. It's about can you predict the the most likely event of something happening? And a key part of the maths involved is expectation. It is, and it's funny. It's the expectation. So you know, the, you know, it's amazing how mathematical theory can come up with a a a description of how we perceive reality because that's really all we can do we can perceive reality mm -hmm. what's interesting is that those expectations well the expectation value of something happening how you know could that apply to the expectation value of another event happening maybe some you know maybe you know a startup i'm working with that might you know might might raise some money um, how about from a mental health perspective, what's the expectations of, if I set myself these expectations and they're not met and they were unrealistic, what would, how would that impact my life? How would my emotions change as a result? And that's the other thing which I've always found interesting is that your, you, you know, your, your emotions, they respond to changes in state. So if you can accurately predict or better predict use your mind which is a prediction machine to predict situations to predict reactions with other people i know it's easier for some than others to be empathetic then it's amazing how you can reset those expectations to something pretty palatable and pretty re realistic as well because once you've got those expectations right technically every day 60 percent of those days can be okay some may be better, some may be worse, but anything more than 50%, 51% is good enough for me, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I'm sure some people, and certainly there's a part of my brain that would typically be triggered by the idea of lowering my expectations, because that to me strikes fear into, oh, I'm not going to achieve and I'm not going <laughs> to do. And, but I don't think it's about lowering your expectations. I think it's about reassessing and understanding your expectations. And be realistic about it. Be realistic yeah. about yourself. Like, yeah, I'm not the world's greatest drummer. Great. I mean, that's my ego talking. Well, my ego is now saying, you know, and the rest of me is saying, actually, Matt, you're pretty average. But once I've adjusted those expectations, every time I get to a, you know, every time I did a gig or every time I, um, I practice and I still practice. I don't get as frustrated. I don't throw many sticks. Although mid show, if you throw a stick, it, you know, it all adds to the drama. Exactly. I, frankly, I'm furious yeah. at myself. And I think like my, my mum always, always really calmed my nerves. Whenever you did, whenever I did a gig and this goes to any form of public speaking or anything like she always said, Matt, we're not here to judge you. We're here to support you. I was looking at it as, I was being judged of, on my skill set, mm -hmm. and actually, that really helps. Like the conversation we're having now, like I could approach it with judgment. I I must say these things in order to do that, or I can just be my bloody self. Yeah. And if if no, you know you're recording it, if you don't like it, then fine. If I've been rude, then fine. I apologise. However, if if I've said what I what I what I've wanted, and it's true to myself, and I feel that I'm I'm Matt is an original person and I am, you know, authentic to myself, then that's good enough for me. Mm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, I feel like through that journey and through that story, as you've, as you've brilliantly put it, like I've got an idea and I'm sure people have got a feel for sort of from, if we could bring it all full circle back around to toolboxes and toolkits, yeah. like I can feel and I can sense the, the mindset shifts that you've gone through and the things from a mindset perspective that help you. Mm. But, from like a day-to-day, -day, again, I'm sure we've touched on some of them already, but your own toolbox, like what works for you from like a practical day-to-day -day perspective for your mental health? Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I've always been, I've always enjoyed running. Um, I don't do it to any extreme now. I don't think I have the mental ability to do that anymore. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I run fairly regularly. I play team sports. So I still play rugby, tag rugby, which is, um, um, 
which I, I, I enjoy. I think I've realized that doing things which are active and physical do help me. I don't listen to any music during those times. Um, I am very keen to, um, you know, kind of run and basically I treat running as meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, I process my thoughts. I reflect on the day, I reflect on what's going on and I reset my expectations on, on, on whatever I'm thinking about. Um, time is limited at the moment because I have a daughter and I work, I work full time. My, my wife works full time as well. So I've, the things I've got to do have got to be quite efficient. And if, if I do struggle on a day, you know, I just make sure the routines and the reality is, and it's still not healthy is that I still have a, a unhealthy relationship with food, but I am very healthy as a consequence. So mm. at the very minimum, if I can eat three meals a day, three good, healthy meals a day, and a big one for me is not eating much sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 you know, I would say that to anyone, the amount of sugar we consume is, is, is frankly, it, people realize it's frankly horrendous and the impact it can have on your, on your head, um, um, the cravings, the addiction. Um, if I can get three decent meals in a day and I feel like I'm in control of that, I will have a good day. Mm-hmm. And what, whilst there'll be people who will say, okay, actually, yeah, you should probably get your eating sorted. Yeah. Fair, fair point. But you know, I'm help, you know, I'm healthy now in terms of what I'm actually eating. Um, it's, it's sometimes a bit boring, but it works for me. Um, you know, I've tried lots of other things. I mean, you know, I tried all the exercises on the psychic app, meditation, mindfulness, breath. I've tried your breath work. Um, um, I enjoy yoga, but I do find the very simple things like having those three meals a day and going for the occasional run is about all I need to, to keep myself okay in the main. If I'm going through a particularly average patch, um, might that be through lack of sleep with my daughter or just something's, you know, you know, you know, you know, something's happened in life, then I can up it a bit and I will, you know, try and reach out more to my friends, um, speak more, speak more about it. I find talking helps a lot. Um, and yeah, and just keep on, you know, and, you know, and those, those three exercises, you, you know, that people often, you know, a lot of people do at the beginning of their day, um, doing a little bit of mindfulness, yoga, breath work, and then towards the end, some self-reflection and some gratitude, self-reflection and gratitude, honestly, like if you just think about what you're actually grateful for and what your, what, how your day has gone and how it's okay that it hasn't maybe gone as planned, it's a very powerful tool. So that's what helps me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, powerful as well to hear about i guess those things that keep your equilibrium because i think that's exactly that's not a bad place to be if you know like what is i want to be yeah that's if you know that's where a day is going to be yeah that's 51 percent mark where you finish the day and you're like put everything down yeah and have a good night's rest like that <laughs> i think is is a great place to have to come back to your expectations like mm-hmm. that's where you want to be um and then as you said if you this is where the toolkit thing comes in again. It's like, okay, do I need to dial it up? Do I need to dial it down? Like yeah. not necessarily that you ever really need to dial your self care down, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. like dialing it up at times. Like, is something in terms of intensity. Exactly. And that's what yeah. I've had to do in the last couple of months. Like it's been a very busy, very hectic couple of months. And I definitely lost track of some of those things. And yeah. before I knew it, it was overwhelming and I just had to stop and reset mm-hmm. and actually think about what works for me think about getting back to that equilibrium point and once you reach that equilibrium point it's very easy to then get past it because yeah. you've found that level and that balance again so I th- yeah. that's an interesting word is the balance and actually there's an exercise in, in in our app called life balance which came out of a spreadsheet that i used to that i used to i used to use for myself and it's about having daily balance in whatever you're doing for me daily balance is about eating well bit of exercise a little bit of sleep and when it comes to professional stuff having a doing having a balanced day in terms of just inching forward on everything that i'm doing so i'll always start the day with my phd hour and a half Mm -hmm. i'll then do client work i'll then do sidekick i'll then might record a podcast because i know that if i do a little bit every day i'll i'll get to the end of the day and go okay i've pushed everything forward a little bit like, yes, it might not have been very good or it might not have been 
you know, I might not have, um, I, you know, I might be stuck in, in, in some things, but that doesn't matter. Like, and that's why I do find like there's a, you know, we spend so much of our lives at work, you know, finding satisfaction in your, in your daily routine for work is really, really important. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. And I think as well, just one final thing before we move on to the, the last couple of questions with your, the way in which you described your relationship with food, I think is, um, brilliant again, because all of this stuff comes down to self-awareness and mm. being able to recognize that you, while you might not have the best relationship with food and the healthiest relationship with food, you understand your relationship with food and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not out of control. It's mm. actually very much within your control and you're aware of how it could be better. And you don't necessarily feel like you have to completely tear it to shreds and start again. So I yeah. think it, for, for anything in this kind of space, that self-awareness is, is key. Um, but just as we, we move towards the close, I always like to, to finish up with a couple of, um, I guess, more classic sort of quick fire interview questions. Yeah, go for it, man. So the first of those is, um, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? I would, I would say, experiment relentlessly and i know i've done that but experiment relentlessly and start from 18. i started when i was 20 24 25. you know put yourself out there don't be scared to be yourself mm -hmm. um and if people aren't people respond badly to that well frankly they can get lost yeah right you are who you are find out who you are what you like what you don't and be proud of that yeah, hundred percent. And um, the second question is a book recommendation because I think the more, again, it's, it comes to self awareness and, and education around these topics, and it doesn't necessarily even need to be a book in in this space, but just a book that has had a, an impact on your life or just something that stuck with you. Yeah, so I've got a couple for the nonfiction and fiction. Um, nonfiction is by my hero. David Bomb is a theoretical physicist, contemporary of Einstein. It was written in 1980 and it's called, um, it's called um, Wholeness and the Implicate Order. And it is a, it is, David Bomb was a very interesting character and I won't go into why it's interesting. You can re read all about that. Um, he had some conversations and he linked some of the ideas and processes around deriving quantum theory to Eastern philosophy and his conversations with a particular philosopher called Krishnamurti were, were fascinating. He came up with this idea of that actually a lot of the issues that we find, especially within the mental realm as well, because that's what we can actually perceive is due to the, the way that we separate the world into, into, into objects and our objectivity and actually bring back an understanding of the way that, the, that he believes that the, the world and reality is actually presented as a process, as a flow of, of, of moments. And he describes that and he also mathematically derives it into something which can be derived into a alternative uh, interpretation of quantum theory is amazing and it's not a heavy text in terms of quantum theory but the ideas are for me mind-blowing that concept of wholeness um and th how things unfold from something within i.e yourself to something that's outside of yourself as well and then from a non-fiction point of view i love reading fantasy books not adult fantasy um uh but there's brandon sanderson um who's an epic site uh fancy writer and his series the mistborn series if anyone hasn't hasn't read that or likes that kind of thing it is mind-blowing and whilst you're reading it thinking about how someone can physically write what he writes is amazing at the same time um so yeah they're my recommendations Brilliant. Yeah. A, a nice uh, nice range there i think uh, i'll definitely be checking checking those out and um Finally, the, the last one I have is just uh, where people can find out more about yourself and, and about Psychic, most importantly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, for this, I'll plug Psychic. So if you're interested in learning about more us as a, about us as a community, you can go to um, psychic.org.uk, um, psychic uh, follow us on Instagram at Psychic Community. Um, you, if you want to download the app, the best place to do is on the app store, just type in Psychic. If you can type in Psychic Mental Health, it might come up a little bit quicker. Um, and yeah. Um, please reach out, give us some feedback, tell us what you think, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't, and we'll make it better for you. 
Yeah, and uh, check out the Psychic Stories podcast as well. There's uh, a load of amazing episodes and um, plenty more to come, I'm sure. So, Matt, awesome. thank you, thank you so so much for being here. Thanks and so much, appreciate it. So openly, and uh, can't wait to see what comes next with Psychic. Thanks so much, really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. So that is it for today's episode of Man Down. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Tune in every Sunday for the next episode of Man Down with our next inspirational guest. If you want to get in touch or if there's anyone that you think should be on the podcast, you can reach out directly on Instagram at jamie.clements underscore or by email on jamie at mandownpod.co.uk.